Hello and welcome to Bat Happens, the number one podcast for the movie and animated series, The Batman. I'm Spencer Crittenden, your bat host, and uh, along with me is Kevin Day, the, the, the bat with the most. Is that anything? I think so. I think I, I, that's my new title. Yeah. Kevin, like do it. you feel like my intros have just completely fallen off a cliff? No, they've they've evolved. I think over over time they've they've we've, I've, they've grown to us. So what I'm hearing is it was a it was a very steady decline. Is what I'm hearing. It wasn't off a cliff. It's it's been bad. Is that is that what I'm getting? I, I wouldn't call them bad. I, I I would call them. You know, we we have a bit that we do. We're in what show fifty seven now. It's hard to do fifty seven of the same joke. Yeah, but I've done like the exact same joke. I, I've like so it's at least fifty two, like at most. Anyway, we actually have a guest. I don't know how's it going, um, but we have a guest uh, to to the show. Welcome to all the live viewers or whatever the hell. Do I normally welcome the live viewers? It's not important. Anyway, uh, our guest today is a comedy writer, is a working person, is a parent, is a uh, a fighter of the status quo. Uh, an eater of the rich, perhaps? I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, at Behind Your Back, Mara Quint is here. Uh, how's it going? It's going well. I'm doing all sorts of, you know, important, incredible things like, you know, eating the rich right now. I just just got done with one. It was delicious. Truly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, eating the rich is great, but you know, kids can have such picky appetites. You know, oh, it's God, hard it's to the teach worst. them. Yeah, the ropes. But no, I don't know. Uh, so, so, uh, so, okay, so, okay. Let's get down to brass tacks. How did we? How did you? Why did you follow me on Twitter? You followed me on Twitter at some point, right? Is that, am I? I must that have. Up? No, yeah, I, well, what? I follow you now, so it must have happened, right? I, I don't think anything like magically swooped in and pressed follow, but that is also possible. Yeah, I think I it, saw it, the green turtle and was just like, oh, I want more of that in my life. Definitely. Did you that have a green turtle uh, sandbox? I have a definite vivid memory of it existing, but I don't know if I had it or like it just was such a ubiquitous kind of childhood thing. I, I don't think I had one personally. Did you? They were ubiquitous, yes, and yes, I actually did have one. I remember when the pupil fell off. It was, you know, I wouldn't say a sad day, but it was, you know, it's it, it, that's the thing. Part, you know, the turtle sandbox is such an evocative image. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this because I've been meaning to get off this off my chest for a while. But you know, it has the eyes are they're disturbed eyes and they're like you know shell-shocked eyes like the like sure. they have trauma you know yeah that turtle's seen some shit mm -hmm. but at the same time you know from a different angle they present as just a happy smiling turtle like and so like i don't know it's just it, and also just you saw him brand new you saw him in the stores you saw him at home broken falling apart covered in dust uh bleached by the sun they've been through through some shit and they know they've been through some shit they look at you can see it in their face and so that's definitely like i love that about the image it just like it has so much baggage loaded into it that who knows how it unpa unpacks you know no definitely that is definitely a turtle that has been to war it has it has seen some shit it has felt some shit probably in Side of it it is a uh, very it's just a miserable existence and you know did you ever see those like um 
the the playground springs like the little animals on the spring and like yeah kind of rock on them i feel Mm -hmm. as though those animals are like the therapist to this turtle you know they're just like sitting there they're kind of nodding like go ahead keep (laughs) talking tell me more about what you've been through you know how you feel stepped on and used that's that's good it's good to get that out that's that's what i think is happening there yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would. I was too big for those. Especially there was one that like you kind of sat in it, like as and it had sides to it, as opposed to just kind of straddling it like a riding animal. Oh. And people would just get stuck in those. <laughs> I mean, you know, people that were too big for them to be sure. But you know, if you're at a playground, you'll use it, right? It doesn't matter if sure. it's for you. I don't. Know. Did you ever get stuck in any playground equipment? Not in an emergency, like, uh, but it was hard. You know, I was the paramedics cautious. never had to be called and like the jaws. Of no life, one had to that. be called. Okay. I, All right. I, would, I, I would never put myself in a position where I had to call someone because early on, I grew up that uh, learning that if you ask for help, people will fail you. So it was a, a good <laughs> lesson to learn. A very important lesson. You want to get that right off the bat, just, you know, as a baby crying to have your diaper changed, just immediately recognize that no, life is disappointment and failure and, you know, try to internalize the coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sense. So Mora is a really, or Mara, sorry, you're a really funny person and uh, you have great tweets and you, uh, you're a comedy writer uh, or an occasional comedy writer. Maybe you wrote, you have written for McSweeney's. Have you done any other kind of like comedic writing or even creative writing like prior to that or even since? Um, yeah, well, so I've, I've contributed a couple pieces to the New Yorker. Uh, I contribute to the onion, um, somewhat regularly in a really limited capacity. And then I, um, have also done, (laughs) I've done a lot of weird things. I do a lot of weird things. I'm the person that gets called when you're just like, is that a thing that someone does? And they're like, I don't know. See if she'll do it. Like I'm Mm -hmm. the, I'm the Mikey of like weird, random comedy and writing. So I, I was like sat in rooms to punch up like kids TV, uh, you know, script stuff. I last year was doing like comedy writing for the, or not last year, I guess it was two years, uh, the 2020 Georgia election. I was writing (laughs) comedy for uh, some of the democratic candidates to try and like increase fundraising and visibility. So, I mean, like I'm just doing very strange, random things. It's, it's great. <laughs> right. So I'd imagine uh, moving into like activist spaces and stuff like is that kind of what you think opened you up to the political kind of comedic a- areas or was that even predating that? I'm not, okay. So my, I make no sense. I make no sense. Spencer, you should just, just like assume just right out the box. Like people normally are just like, oh, here's my life. And it's like, well, first I did A and that led to B and then I did C and now I'm at D and it's very like, oh, wow. Yay. That followed a narrative we understood. Sure. I'm not that at all. I'm just like a scattershot, like, like the bullet that explodes in pieces. And you're just like, how did it hit over there? I don't even understand where that got to. That's basically my whole existence that's well there was a second sniper on the grassy knoll so (laughs) Uh, back into the left yeah that's that's exactly right so Um, do you like that niche i mean is it fun or is it's obviously a bit weird to to have to explain it to people yeah right um i i'm really really happy right now in terms of like the stuff that i get to do and the the turtle sandboxes I get to play in. They're all really, really fun. Um, Yeah. I actually like, I was doing nonprofit PR. I was doing arts management. I was doing weird stuff. And then I joined Twitter 
And I just started like writing on Twitter and I started writing jokes on Twitter and people tended to like them. And then people started to ask me to write longer pieces. And I started contributing to various uh, comedy sites and like, and bizarrely it was the comedy writing that led to the activism. So it was this sort of strange thing because I was writing comedy at that point. Uh, a friend of mine who was a writer on what was the Colbert report at the time tweeted out that um, like in 2017, at the top of 2017, that there should be a March on tax day to demand Donald Trump releases tax returns. And my big contribution was that I retweeted that tweet, which is like, woo, yeah, I participated. I did something. And then I watched that tweet like explode and people went crazy and everyone was like, yeah, you should do this. And my friend, uh, Frank Lesser, he's incredible. Um, but he's like a full on comedy writer, whereas I had done a lot of events and stuff like that before. So I reached out to him and was like, people want this to happen. Like, can I, do you want some help or something? Uh, and he was like, yeah, that'd be great. Let's, let's like figure this out. <laughs> like, cause I don't know what to do. I don't know any of this. I was like, I don't either, but we'll figure it out. So, uh, jumped in there and then built up this massive, massive <laughs> nationwide March, uh, on April 15th, 2017. And, there were 200,000 people across the country that came out because a comedy writer tweeted something out. Like it was so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so how does that feel? I mean, you know, it's like pushing a domino domino and then uh, you see an empire topple or something, you know, to see all those people. And it's like, wow, I was a key instigator in this. Like what, what's that like? It's, it's awesome. It's really cool. It was really neat. Um, and really weird and very random and like very confusing. And even now, like I look at pictures from that day and I'm just like, that, how did that, that happened? That would, that's like a thing. That's a real thing, but it has a Wikipedia page. So it happened like that. That happens. How we know truth, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. That's how we uh, know truth. That's, this, that's it. That's the only thing we know. We know that like, if something's not true, Wikipedia will crush it. Like we have, th I think that's like the only state we have faith in, right? Communally. I don't think we like, there's no other place that we're like, yeah, okay. We all believe that, but Wikipedia, we all believe. So yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I think, you know, obviously everything can be gamed and everything's cynical and stuff, but yeah, it's like Wikipedia does represent to people like one of the last few places where it's like, yeah, it's, it's for the public good. And we're just all on the same page, you know? Right. Um, like even when someone tries to like alter for a prank, you know, or put a line in Wikipedia and like quickly screen grab it, you know, they had to quickly screen grab it because it's going to be gone. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm blowing my mostly, own mind with like, no, no, it's good. Trust this. Site? But it's it mostly <laughs> does work. It, it does like 70% of what it's supposed to do, which is so much higher than so much else in our life. You know, I don't know. But is there anything like, was there anything uncomfortable? Obviously, uh, you know, you, uh, and we could talk about this more, you know, I don't mean to brush by it, but you know, you, you can inspire a lot of hate by being online and uh, presenting as a female. And, you know, um, obviously there's uh, would have been a lot of downsides to being a political activist. But for now, at least that aside, was there anything scary or weird about like like the 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 momentum and the kind of like growth of of this whole thing for you? Um, I think it it wasn't so much scary or weird as it kind of it, it did these two things to me simultaneously that are like both maybe good, maybe bad. But 
I think because it all happened so quickly and because I felt so much like a, a central part of all of it, and I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, what, what, what the hell do I know? It sort of like stripped away any last uh, holds that I had that like, there are people who know what they're doing and they're in charge. Like that little tiny belief that still existed in my head, it was just gone. Cause it was like, oh no, 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 no. I'm in charge. I don't know what I'm doing. And no one around me does either. And that was bizarrely like, it's a little bit unsettling, but it's also a little bit inspiring because that also kind of gives you this sense of like, oh, no one is in charge. Like I, I can't just assume someone else is going to take care of it. I actually have to step up and I actually have to do something because there's not some vast group of people who are tremendously skilled and know exactly all of this and fully understand every nuance and can dive in. So it, it was like a little bit scary, but a little bit like, all right, well then, well, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess we'll just do it. Certainly it would be very empowering to have that realization. I, you know, I think, you know, some people go, I, I probably most people go through revelations like that on some level and multiple layers of it unfurling, you know, um, I, you know, one of my like quippy kind of asides or whatever is like an adult, like an adult isn't an age. An adult is realizing it's all a lie and then using that to your advantage it's like like once an adult says like i'm an adult and yells at a kid because they're like i can do this like that's what real adulthood is is being like no i'm opting into this fake system of power that we've upheld and i mm -hmm. will use that to my advantage but also i just i don't know i think i never really thought about this before but i like there's maybe a model of the world where like we're going through what we're going through on some level because like we're start like collectively starting to realize that yeah no one's at the reins like no one knows what they're doing and probably conservatives and republicans figured that out like 40 years ago and they've been secretly building but it's like now everyone's like well what's the world anymore it doesn't even exist it's all just lies like i don't know no i think there's something to that i think though that a lot of people when they hit that place they they find it tremendously terrifying and it's like incredibly unnerving and it i think propels a large group of people into conspiracy and fascism and authoritarianism because they don't want that that's that's too scary that's too like we're floating in the void and there's nothing there and it's just like ah, i should only feel this way when i'm smoking pot like otherwise no i don't want this <laughs> and so i i feel like for some people they then try and like grab a hold of anything that that can feel like no 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 there's order no it's okay it's all right, right. there's someone in charge his name is q he's got it all figured out you just got to trust the system it's fine and i think that a lot of people end up there well far too many people end up there yeah i mean you know q was such a blatant example of it because it was so obviously just hijacking christian imagery but at the same time conspiracy theories are just religions they do the same thing they fulfill the same psychic purposes they they create communities they create enemies they create uh, authority figures that save us all you know they create mental they 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 diffuse cognitive dissonance oh it, right. this doesn't have to make sense it all makes sense i have a crazy idea of why it fits you know but also i don't know i think like it's what's interesting about your story is that um you know you when you have a, i guess the revelation came after but you know ha like when you plugged in and said like oh i can do stuff i can be involved and i can be a part like 
so many people, their reaction is, well, if no one's in charge, I'm not going to involve myself in the system. Fuck the system. The system's broken. If there's no one in charge, then it's because of corruption and stuff. But to me, it's the opportunity. If it's no one's in charge, I could just take the wheel. Like, and, and I would love for more people to have that reaction to politics because I think it's a lot more optimistic. Certainly, I, I'm doom and gloom about politics and stuff. But so many people, it's like, yeah, this is why the system's corrupt. But it's like, you know what a corrupt system means? It means you can be in there. Like, you can you it's Go ahead and exploit it. yeah yeah it's just like i just people like people want the adult in the room to fix it and they don't want to be the adult in the room because they got their own shit and they're starving and trying to work you know but at the same time it's like if there is no adult in the room you kind of have to be the adult in the room otherwise a worse person is and people will just kind of listen to them because again they just want to do their own shit they, they're fine listening to the adult in the room you know but it's like but <laughs> i don't know it's a it's a such a self-defeating and i you know i'm compassionate towards it i feel the same way but it's like it just sucks that that's like how we kind of process this stuff i don't know and so it's just I, that's something i really admire about you is that um you know you actually did insert yourself in the process and you've done a lot of good stuff with it you know and it's like i don't know you know <laughs> i dm'd you or uh, re not recently but in the past like asking you uh information on like hooking up with uh, organizers and stuff and you give me a lot of good information and i didn't do anything with it and it's like <laughs> it's hard you know even just yeah. knowing where to plug in it's hard and so yeah i have a lot of respect for that um it's super hard and i am definitely someone who is completely drawn to nihilism if i could just like stay in bed and say fuck it and just i'm just gonna like you know have vodka for breakfast and that's that like i would do that very very happily and i think the only thing that pulls me out of that and says no you actually have to you have to go do something is having kids honestly like if i if i didn't think that i had to worry about what i was leaving to someone else <laughs> fuck it you're all on your own burn the motherfucker down like it would be that place but you know there's a they're children and they seem nice i like them <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you said it because it might have been reductive for me to say it. But yeah, I mean, a kid, kids are a reminder that you can't, you can't take a pause. You can't just say it's going to be fine. It's like these things are on clocks and these clocks run out and then people get hungry and the hunger leads to problems. And it's like, so yeah, I can't, I can't take a vacation from my, you know, without uh, putting into place, you know, safeguards and stuff. You know, you can't, you can't just say it'll be fine because it will burn down. You know, and I, I haven't, you know, I have a cat, but I haven't gone through that myself. Self, but you know, uh, I'm just terrified by everything. Don't you are, are you worried about the world that you're leaving your cat? You know, I mean, that's that seems very important. You want to make sure that cats have whatever cats. Yeah, need. no, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of compassion for a lot of people, especially bad people, and that's why I get so cynical because I feel too much, and then I'm like, I feel so much, you know, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's bad. But yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, to the extent I'm politically involved, I feel like, you know, I would like to be involved in school boards or like talking yeah. about school stuff, but it's like, but I don't have kids. I don't know that I plan to have kids. Is it my place necessarily? I know it will help other kids because I know I'm right. <laughs> you know, I'm a smart guy, but you know, but it's it just feels weird i don't know uh, you know it, it's just yeah again I, that's why I, I really uh respect you but uh so you have a podcast <laughs> i do i do it's not anywhere as good as yours though it's it's just starting out it's just a nothing little thing it's i have a podcast because i could not get my friend to stop canceling plans on me so eventually i was like let's start a podcast and then you have to show up and you have to talk to me and that that was pretty much why 
that, that all work? went down and it's worked out really well. Oh yeah. It's great because she's super type a. And like, so if I tell her like, no, no, this is for work. Like this is a deadline. And then she's like, oh yeah, sure. All right. I've got all the stuff from here. Let's go. Uh, it, it's great. And then we, uh, our podcast is, um, what the hell is our podcast called? Oh yeah. My so-called, my so-called book club. Book club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, is, or was an English teacher and she just used to entertain the hell out of me talking about like rereading all these books that she had read as a kid, but now she was reading them to, you know, teach children. And so we figured like, all right, well, let's, let's do that. Let's reread a bunch of the books that we read when we were kids. Cause we were both just, you know, bookworms who just did nothing all day, but like, hide and read and try to avoid getting yelled at or getting told to go outside. Uh, that was like the extent of childhood. So yeah, so we're rereading them and talking about them and mostly just like trying to figure out why there's so much uh, just really terrible themes running through like a lot of YA that's really uh, disturbing. So it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. Lots yeah. of sex in YA. Like don't tell the conservatives about this because they're not going to be happy at all. Well, wait until you hear about the Bible. Like, there's <laughs> there's gay people there's in it. I promise. There. there are gay there's, people in the Bible. I guess they do like get destroyed in hellfire or something or something. But they exist <laughs> and they're doing stuff. They're in there. Hey, I saw it. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can have all sorts of terrible uh, sexual relationships in the Bible. It's great fun, frankly, but. It's raunchy. The Bible is raunchy, raunchy, you guys. It is, you know. If you if you if you do a close read, absolutely. Yeah, and no one. That's the trick: is no one fucking actually reads the Bible. That's the you know. I have been raised Christian and stuff. Uh, I've but and that's the big secret is like, I actually did, and then I was like, wait, none of you fucks read this thing. Like you keep talking, you don't know what any of the stuff is. I barely know what it is. And I'm talking circles around you just because I thought we were being serious this whole time. Like that was, oh, it was just a lie. Like, um, I actually have a lot of respect for my pastor. He's a chemical or he was an electrical engineer and his approach to religion seemed or was presented very scientifically. And he would hold these monthly or bi-monthly or something question and answer answer sessions where he would give like his presumably earnest scientific ideas about how he interpreted this and that of the Bible. And I, I had a lot of respect for that because it, it was religion that didn't compromise itself for like intellectual dishonesty. It's not like, no, God did it. So that's it. It like, he tried really hard. And I think that's probably why I stopped being religious is because I was like, this made sense to me at a point, but I didn't believe it on faith. I understand the concept of faith and I don't have it. It just made sense to me. And then one day it didn't. And it's like, well, I don't have any faith to fall back on. So I guess I'm out, you know, but, but yeah, I, but it's just, you know, I just, that no one try. It's all a lie. So, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was, I was just saying that makes sense to me. I was so, uh, I'm Jewish and was raised Jewish, which is like where the fun, crazy stuff happened in the Bible is the Old Testament. I mean, that's when things were just like, yeah, let's smite some shit. Let's just kill people for no reason. Like just good stuff, like the good juicy stuff. You know, it's like a, a Netflix series that goes a little bit off the rails and it's just like uh, peace and love. And like, it's got kind of boring. What happened to the writers? Did they change the stuff? Like uh, the God guy yeah. doesn't seem the same anymore. It's a whole thing. Um, but like the, the first part, you know, it's, it's at least entertaining. But so I had a rabbi um, growing up and I was like, get, you know, getting bat mitzvahed, which is what happens uh, when you're 13 in, in Jewish religion. And so I had to have these one-on-ones with the rabbi. And the first question that he asked me was like, do you believe in God? And 
I was, you know, sitting there like, am I allowed to say what I really think to this person? Like, am I supposed to lie here? Like, what's how right. is this supposed to work? So I just kind of like, uh, um, uh, I don't know. And I was very, very nervous what response I'd get in return. And the rabbi was just like, good. Nobody knows. <laughs> You'll spend your whole life trying to figure it out. And that's okay. That's what, you know, that's what religion is. That's what the study of religion and faith is. And, you know, you'll probably change your mind a lot in your life. And that's, that's good. That means you're thinking about it and you're questioning it. And that was an answer that I was like, all right, I'm on board. Like this, this works for me. If you're the religious leader and you're telling me like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you may or may not believe in God. Like, I'm like, okay, I can, I can keep going with this. Sure. Let's get some matzah. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for, for Judaism as, um, and, uh, you know, I might even have a weird problematic, uh, like associations with it. So let me know if I'm wrong, but I think something that's really fascinating about Judaism is it has a lot of intentional refutation and study and people having takes and saying interpretations and you, you study this and it's like, but I don't know about this. It's a big conversation. It's not just straight top down, listen to God, shut up. Like, it's like, I, I mean, think there's you might have met that. This. too but yeah <laughs> yeah uh for sure <laughs> yeah but it's just interesting i don't know you know uh, i've been uh, i uh, you know i i think there's good stuff in the bible but at the same time i've recently come to terms with the fact that religion or uh, christianity is just beyond fucked up because fundamentally like you said you know let's smite some people this and that like god's a psychopath and the thing we're supposed to do and literally uh put above anything else is maintain a, an abusive relationship with the most powerful psychopath on the planet he wants you to like not look at anybody else like everything is like if you look at it through a framework of an abusive relationship a lot of things click and like even just if that's kind of i think that's maybe a bit like uh blithe but on a more serious level like so much of the church is about like submit to the church submit to your husband as you would to jesus and it's all this stuff trials from god uh you know god's testing you if something bad happens to you is there's sin in your life it's all about like victim blaming telling people to stay in abusive relationships uh telling people to look for themselves as the source of blame when they're being abused by other parties it's just part of it even if like even if you just read the thing and you didn't have like you know uh the, the misogyny of the world programmed into you like taking it on its face you would believe that a lot of things that were bad in a relationship are from god and are good and it's like and so again like even if you dissociate all the intentional manipulation from it just it's there in this it's there in the script and it's like that is uh, a terribly toxic thing to have unleashed on the planet you know i don't know uh christianity i don't i don't know about the others no, I'm fully on board with you. I definitely think that like a dom sub relationship is someone something someone should choose very specifically, and there should probably be a safe word with God, right? Like there should be a moment where you're just like, okay, pineapple, pineapple, I'm out for the day. That's enough. There should be a safe word with God. <laughs> Absolutely. That's like, that's the problem. Like he doesn't care, you know, there's that in because he doesn't exist, you know, he can't care. And so it's all, it's all to justify like why good things don't happen to you. And it's like, oh, it must be you fucking up. And it's like, come on, man. Uh, I, I read an article recently that was about the book of Job. And it's like uh, the very end of the, uh, like Job is typically translated in a weird way that kind of gives its meaning just nothing like it just doesn't really mean anything and you read it and you're like what's that mean and then you don't look it up but basically kind of like uh how what what the original like translation should have been was something along like like job said like oh well humanity's fucked because he talked to god and god was like yep that was me i did this on purpose there was no reason for it and then job's like 
well then humanity's fucked and like that's the end of the book of job is is kind of uh god you know this job in conversation with god saying humanity is fucked and you know god is just kind of like yeah <laughs> like it's kind of like the takeaway but you know obviously that meaning's buried but that's just like there's the futility of, of it all which is which is kind of cool and uh, religion and christianity tries to hide a lot of times is like yeah no it's not god's plan <laughs> It shit just happens, you know. I don't know, and I, that uh, again, I feel like I'm passing myself off as a lot more religious as I as I actually am. Um, but no, it's, you sound yeah. very studied. You you sound of I I trust you fully. I have complete faith, basically, in you. You are, you know, in a way, in, in a you're the god of this podcast, is what you oh, are. Oh no, and, I have uh, a firm no cults <laughs> rule, so this is making me uncomfortable. Oh. Oh, okay, fine. But isn't that kind of a cult, really? The cult to not have a cult. That's the problem. It's just you know, uh, you mm. know, Dan the uh, Harmontown was not not by any fault of ours necessarily, but Harmontown became very culty, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta really like put my foot down on anything that gets too close. Like I don't like, I don't like this. You know, Harmontown was great. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, whatever. So we do a segment on the podcast. <laughs> this is what I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to get uncomfortable and change the subject um, where we like to figure out what Kevin's deal is. Uh, I don't know if you can see Kevin because when he starts the show, he changes the views to like a, a speaker view from a gallery view. But Kevin's been watching us like a little freak up there. I don't know if he's on the top on your on your web window, but he is, he's definitely looking down on us from my view. But I mean, you know, you don't know a lot about Kevin, but what we like to do is ask him questions um trying to figure out his deal like sometimes you might just say hey is your deal this or you know you can ask like a yes or no question as well you know to try and lock in on his deal but i'd love to just a blind guess based on his his face and the very little he said so far if you want to want to hazard a guess oh boy as to what kevin's deal is that's yeah. really complicated i can ask i could start if you want time to yeah think. It, that would be great yeah please Okay, so uh, we actually did kind of figure out Kevin's deal, but you know you didn't listen to it, so it's it's fine. We can play around it, and and that's the game. Otherwise, it would have been solved by now. But Kevin, um, mm -hmm. is your deal that you just have like a lot of prepped meals in your freezer? Like you know, you're a meal prep guy. No, not at all, not in the mm -hmm. slightest. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is your deal that you inherited a lot of? like furniture and decor from your grandmother and you thought about throwing it out, but instead just decided it was easier to keep it. And that's your life now. No, but I do have several plants from hers and I'm terrified of dying now because she's been gone for quite a while. And like, I've been carrying on these plants that I don't want anymore. Really? I mean, I do, but at the same time, they, they're not the most attractive plants, the ones that survived, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have to keep these, these, three plants alive in her memory but at the same time it's it's very stressful to me so i think that was good i think like you know obviously the specifics weren't there but i think you were tapping in, into a core part of him you know you uh, kevin you have a fucking warehouse full of dvds or something like this is definitely like that is like he does have this abandoned kind of i gotta i gotta take this stuff in. like i don't know how mm -hmm. you got there but that that i think is definitely true to true to yeah. his spirit somehow um I don't know. I, I, that was good. I don't know if we could beat that. I'll, I'll try one more though. Um, okay. So Kevin, do you, yeah, you're just like a guy who like, uh, you do crossword puzzles, but you never will talk about it. No, that's not true. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I've ever really completed a crossword puzzle in my life. Okay. Hmm. You got any more? 
Uh, wow. Um, yeah. Is your deal that you have been the sort of person who maybe will like take a toothbrush and toothpaste, like a little one with you when you go out, just in case you have something that you eat, but you're not like fully prepared to taste that in your mouth for the rest of the day and, and utilize it? I mean, not that specifically, but I, I am always over-prepared when I leave the house. Like I, okay. I'll have like a cell phone charger and an extra battery in my pocket and like three different charge tables and four credit cards. And, you know, just like I'd never have one of anything when I go out. Uh, so yes. Kevin's a big everyday carry guy. He's posting his everyday <laughs> carries. <laughs> But uh, yeah, okay. So just just to fill you in, when we figured out what Kevin's deal was, his deal was that he uh, he's like he's creative adjacent, you know, and so mm. he he like he's kind of one of these people who's like that's that's why he's here today. He made Trob Home Video, which is the streaming block that we exist on, and uh, yeah, that's why there's live viewers. And it's like he's like you know he doesn't have the faith in himself. I think he's personable. I think you know, obviously it takes work to like it took me a lot of time to become like a comfortable stage presence and i had a lot of help uh, but you know it, it i think he has what it takes but as as a result of being too you know not confident in this in the performing chops you know he does a lot of good work behind the scenes and that's that's kind of what we figured out his true deal was at least that that's one of the best answers i've come to so far i'm sure there's a lot more to this guy he's a fucking puzzle box kevin do you want to be in front of the scenes though like is I mean, there some I, part of you that's that's aching for that I have such deep respect for people who are naturally funny and I'm not. That's like the thing that like I've wanted my whole life and I've never like it's not that I'm not funny, it's that I think of it 30 seconds when it's too late. You know, like it's it's way 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 too late. So I've kind of realized <laughs> that my niche is helping creative funny people like the two of you create things. You know, like I I can be the supporting person to make something funny happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 30 seconds late. I, I, I relate to that, but with Spanish, like 30 seconds after I need to have said something in Spanish, I'll be like, oh, that's how you would have said that. And it's like too late and it sucks. I'm really great at construct constructing like third grade level sentences, like after I leave an interaction where it would have been helpful. <laughs> like, it's great. Um, I'm yeah. tend to be 30 years too late on most things. Like I, I like to really let stuff seep in for a couple of decades, just, you know, mulling it over like, like a, like a scotch basically. And then, then it's like, Oh wait, now I've perfected this life point that I really should have figured out a long time ago, but you know, it takes about 30 years. I've been spending this whole time trying to think of like a nineties reference that, Oh, she just got into this. And I, I, I blanked. I'm not good at references, but you know, sometimes you don't need to be, but Oh, oh I had a question before we switched gears. Um, before he did switch gears, we're not about to switch gears again, or maybe we are. Um, but like, so you, you do a book podcast. Do you read a lot these days? Was the podcast kind of helping you read more? Or is it just like something you were always doing? Obviously we read, read online, but like books and stuff. Yeah, no, Twitter completely destroyed my ability to actually like take in more than a few words at a time. Like I picked up books after I was, you know, reading Twitter a bunch and I was just like, oh my God, this tweet keeps going, man. This is like, no, I can't. And I shut it and put it down. So yeah, the, the podcast was definitely a way to be like, okay, I can do this. It's like a, like a, you know, prepping myself up like, all right, it's just YA. No problem. In fact, I've already read it. That you can yeah. do this. You can get through this thing that that you read thirty years. Ago. Yeah, no, Twitter really fucks you up. I've muted like uh, half of my books at this point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
That makes uh, sense. I, I thought it was funny, um, but you know, I don't know. Uh, that just uh, that put it on you. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about sodas now. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was. No, I you, you did. I it was funny you too. I you did everything You're right. Away that's my why laugh, was, Spencer. That's why it was wrong yeah. to put that on you because it's like I took a beautiful <laughs> moment and I ruined it for what? It wasn't good. It made it worse. It cheapened the joke. Like it was. It was all bad. That's what I do. It, it falls out. But now oh. we're having this moment. We're closer now for this. We've we've forged something here through this, you know, difficulty that we've both been through together. Yeah, and I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that a lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so, so okay. Uh, what were soda? You were gonna say soda? Yeah, I was gonna say soda, but now I was thinking about your McSweeney articles. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what? Why do you do it? Like, what makes you so funny? <laughs> How do you be so funny in writing? I, I, you know what? I, I always wrote stupid shit that just entertained me because I was bored, and that's really all it was. I think, like the same way that the reason that like stand-ups do stand-up comedy is because that's how they would like either get attention or how they would relate to people or the way that they'd interact with the world. I tried not to interact with the world and the way that I could just like exist in my own little head was just to write really obnoxious things while like smiling and nodding at someone and pretending to be part of whatever was going on. <laughs> and then eventually other people read them and were like, that's funny. Like you could, you could let other people read that. And, uh, and I said no for a long time. And then eventually it was like, fine, go ahead, I guess. I don't know. That's that's for really sure. how that went. Well, how long did it take before you relented to before you started feeling like you were being rewarded for it? So I honestly actually, uh, <laughs> do you want the like deep, I'll go into like the deep psychological sure, answer. Yeah. All right, here you go. Uh, my mom uh, is an artist. She paints. She does all sorts of like fantastic visual things that I don't understand how to do at all. But if you asked her, are you an artist? She'd absolutely say no, like instantly. Just no, of course not. No, no. Artists are like something special. And she drilled that into my head that like creativity and to be a creative person is something really special. And maybe, maybe like the world or Santa Claus or some sort of like magic being like anoints you as like, ah, you are a creative and you and you. And I felt like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I know I'm not a writer. I'm not like, I'm, I don't have the, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I just, I would not try to publish anything. I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that I could, like, I thought it was a special secret club, basically right. like a really, really nerdy club that I just was not a part of. And a friend of mine who wrote comedy, uh, like I sent him an email or something and he yelled at me and he was just like, you're really funny. Just stop it. Just, just publish stuff. And I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't. He forced my hand. He wrote to an editor and was like, Mara's going to send you three pitches by the end of the week. And then I didn't know what to do. So I sent three pitches and he was like, great, we'll take one. <laughs> and then he gave me money and I gave him a piece of writing. And then I just kept doing that. Like, and it, it seemed to work out pretty well. So that, that was it. But I wouldn't have done it on my own. I needed someone to fully force me. Otherwise, I would just be writing for myself to make myself laugh and then, you know, burn it afterwards as, uh, as you're supposed to do because it's, sure. it's horrible and you should feel bad about it. So yeah. you have to destroy all evidence. 
I really respect that because no one's willing to say that anymore. Um, but that's how I feel constantly. Uh, I guess I had two kind of thoughts off of that is that one, um, shit, uh, maybe I'll move on to the second, uh, two shit. I lost that one too. Okay. This is not good. And now my computer's no, going to die. Oh no, no, we're fine. Okay. Uh, why so would you do that? Oh, it's, I, I might have to plug into power. Um, no, so uh, I was going to say that your writing, it's so interesting that that was your, that was kind of your entree into writing and stuff because it, it feels to me like it, it has such this specific voice that not like it does. It, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, where does she get these ideas? Like what she's smoking kind of thing where it's just, it, it's really specific, you know, especially the, the early stuff uh, that I was, I read more of some of your early stuff, like the, yeah. the accountant helps a manic pixie, manic pixie dream girl is like, yeah, that of course is from someone who's like just writing to make themselves laugh and stuff. It's like, and it's just so <laughs> like, no one would say like, Hey, write us an article on this. You know, it's like, that was yes. completely your idea, you know, or, or the line like macaroni, I'd like to finish in your other pieces. Like, that's just like, this is, so personal and, and it's and but it's like how could you know that's not necessarily what a, a train like a person who rides up the normal ranks would necessarily think about but that it's so great and, it, and you know i think it, it kind of shows through in your work that was the good thing what was the bad that thing was I nice say? it wasn't an insult but uh yeah but i don't know that was, was so nice like i'm so high right now you could say whatever <laughs> you could just like your hair sucks honestly and uh like whatever <laughs> i'm i'm well guarded against it now go for it Okay, well, I am going to, how about this for a gut punch? Kevin, take over. I'm going to turn off my camera so I can plug in my computer. Okay. You're being wow. forced okay. onto the yeah. main screen. So I've been, I've been watching your, your Twitter last week a lot. Uh, I'm to sorry. To know you a little bit. No, it's good. Uh, and, you know, you do get a lot of uh, really interesting replies to your tweets, and you also get a lot of, like, uh, horrible responses to your tweets. Yes. How do you decide who you're going to reply to? Like, what, what's the thought process? Of, you know, sometimes I see you like nudge somebody who's wrong very gently into the light a little bit. And sometimes you don't, you know, what, what, what is it that, that decides, Hey, I'm going to try to help this person. Oh boy. So I get, I get just off the wall, batshit replies nonstop. And the amount of times that I write a reply and that I sit there and I'm like, no, no, delete, delete, move on, like mute, block, get this out of your sight. You don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's, it's like someone standing on the edge of something being like, should I jump? I want to jump. Like just not because they're sad or suicidal, but just there's like a weird compulsion, you know, like I want to throw myself off that and I'm, I have to grip the railing and be like, no, don't <laughs> do that. Uh, often, often. So the only times that I, I, I either usually engage like one of two times one when I just I can't help it. Like it's just like the, yeah. the, the urge to jump is just too strong, and I'm just like ah fuck it. Like I just. But then other times, <laughs> I'll look at the person's page and feel like maybe this person isn't terrible. Like maybe they're not trying to destroy me. Like they don't. They're not saying something really personal and terrible. I, I feel like maybe there's something like a vibe I'm getting from this person's page that maybe they're just a little bit off, uh, like misguided, or maybe there's like, like moments where I basically feel like there's a human there that I could reach out to maybe and pull them just a little bit closer. So sometimes I will try sometimes, but I mean, the amount of replies that I write and then do not send are just like far outnumber the amount that I actually hit send on because it's very tempting. 
Oh, yeah. Sure. And it's just, you know, Twitter is a trap. There's nothing that can end up good. It's all bad. It's a... I, I delete a lot of tweets, or I, I I delete a lot of unsent tweets, but not replies. I usually let it rip with the replies. I, man, I mean, like, there's. I also have this problem too, where I've, I tr- I don't drink as much as I used to drink, but every so often I'm in my cups and like, you know, I'm tired. I've had a couple of drinks, and I look at Twitter and I that's when I'm just like, no, no, you can't say anything. You cannot say anything. You are going to wake up and you are going to regret this because you are, you're going to just chop someone's head off right now. And they're going to walk around headless for the rest of their lives. And you're going to have to know that you did that. And they'll probably sue you or, you know, I don't know, come after you with a machete or who knows. I don't know what people are going to do and you need to back off. It's scary. Well, yeah, it's, you know, obviously it's just, it's, you know, the, the, the thing about privilege is it's so hard to see outside of your own perspective, but seeing the replies on someone else's tweets is like a, 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 you know, a window into, you know, what women experience online and stuff. And that's, yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. Like it's, 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 it's unbelievable what happens every second, you know, like it's crazy, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, and it's just uh, online is so crazy. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is all tired shit, but you just say the same thing as someone else and you just get death threats and someone else gets a, uh, you know, applause. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I'm also incredibly liberal with muting and blocking everyone like it's almost fun for me now it's like halloween i'm just like yay mute, mute, oh black 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 mute like i just try to filter out anyone that i see that seems like they're not even if they're just they're not being mean to me if they're being if i see someone being mean to someone else i'm just like nope preempting that that's who you are you're capable of being a complete piece of shit i want you nowhere near me goodbye i do that a lot and that seemed the moment i started doing that uh my my experience got a lot better. Yeah, I'm not even necessarily comfortable saying this, but I will. But like, if 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 all my if all the fans knew which of them were blocked, it would really break their hearts. Or not blocked. You can see that muted. muted. Yeah. I, there's yeah. so many people that it's like they'd be like, I'm muted, you know. And and I'm sorry, but yeah, it's the same. It's just uh, here's the thing. I get negative stimulus, and once it's there, there's nothing to be done about it but prevent it from happening again. You know, it's like, this already destroyed me and it's too late for that. And the best I can do is hope it doesn't happen again. Well, that's right. And it sounds to me too, like you in general are, you're a sensitive person. You feel stuff and that doesn't go away for Twitter. And I think some people are not super sensitive and they kind of go through the internet experience without it necessarily affecting them too much. They just have like a different layer of armor that they're kind of always emotionally wearing. But no, for me, it's like, no, you wanted to hurt my feelings and you probably kind of did. So like, mm, I don't want that to happen again. Goodbye. Like that's regular. Exactly. Yeah. There, in, with AD and HD, there's this thing that's called rejection sensitivity where you, you, you much more weight the slightest, even neutral things that can be read as negative, like it, it really fucks you up. And then also just imagining possible rejection can really fuck you up. So you don't, you, you extra accommodate a lot of times and then you don't do a lot of things in because you're like, but someone might get mad. And so, yeah. And so I get like, I think that's what I've come to label I it relate as. Because to that very strongly yeah, because it's like wait 
you don't just get destroyed like this doesn't disassemble you to your constituent atoms you just you just walked away like what that's a that's an option that humans have yeah so yeah adhd man look it up there's a lot there's a lot of new stuff that i just never knew was ADHD. because the thing is it's it goes a lot different deeper than hyperactivity attention right. deficit it's like it's 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 more like autism or depression or something where it just kind of changes the way your kind of brain interprets certain signals but that's not in the name it's not in any of people's associations with it, it and so yeah it's it's a really it, it, i don't know uh i was diagnosed when i was younger but i was like but i'm good in school so i'm fine and then i never thought about it again until i was like 32 and hitting problems and then i just started seeing things and it's like wait but that's not what adhd is and then they were saying the same things over and over and i was like wait a second wait i got diagnosed wait 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 you know <laughs> and it's been very freeing and helpful to try and process my shit through that oh my god i'm blown out the whole audio i've been blown out this whole time Ken, how can you do this to me uh i'm so sorry if i was my audio has been topping the mics and stuff and i'm sorry for interrupting you uh, no no it's you've sounded great to me i don't know but otherwise but i was gonna say uh i have seen a lot of stuff on like adult adhd and add uh diagnoses and gone like oh uh, this speaks to me i relate to this and i took it to a therapist once and was just like i don't know i feel like this kind of lining up here these are like matching and uh the therapist was kind of like uh eh, probably but you're managing it you figured out coping mechanisms so like uh you know keep doing what you're doing there <laughs> like oh okay I, I guess that's helpful i'm not sure well like the scientific world is so obsessed with diagnosis i like to think of humans as being all these sliders like a soundboard right. you know a mixing board right and it's we have two different tunes we have different chemical levels and you know a diagnosis is at eight out of ten and it's like but i'm a six and so it's like i'm not going to show up and so it's like it's not about to me it's not even about knowing i am this or that it's like i have this tendency so understanding this aspect of myself is helpful whether or not i right. will get an, even if it's not an accurate diagnosis sometimes the coping mechanisms still help you if you're not that you know and so like i just like to have it all and think that not not think i have everything but think like all of this information is helpful to me and it's helpful when i talk to other people if as long as they're not uncomfortable being randomly diagnosed by strangers you know but uh, I, I love talking about this stuff and you know what else i love talking about is soda <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's add sugar to this. That sounds good. Sugar and caffeine. Oh yeah. Well, we, well, that's the thing is your way later, uh, and we did oh, have caffeinated beverages right. and stuff. Yeah. So you you got you grab some Mountain Dew Voltage, I believe, and you know if you do want to drink that, I would I would suggest <laughs> showing off the soda. Uh, but I would suggest, you know, you definitely don't drink the whole, I guess I don't have to tell people. I'm like, not I just think the whole of any of the stuff yeah, that I exactly. bought, it all looked terrible. And I was just like, well, these, these look awful. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the worst things I can find. All right. Well, I, I need to get a cup uh, for, for one of these. Uh, you know, it's not important for like anything. children's medicine. Like this looks like something you would be forced to take and you'd be crying as like an eight year old. And you're like, no, I feel better. No, I don't have to like, it, it's like that level. But then they I, were like, kids no, no, love you're going to buy though. it. You know, <laughs> right. I'll eat anything blue. I was going to say, not just kids. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but still, it's also yeah. ungodly. Like, it doesn't, it's, it's not right. Well, nothing in nature is blue. I think George Carlin has like a bit about that. Right. Like food isn't blue. Um, but Kevin, you got to you take over. I got to get a cup. I'm sorry. Uh, if you want to talk through your beverages with each other, that'd be great. But I'll be right back. Sure. Um, yeah. So, have you tried Mountain Dew Voltage before? No, I haven't. I've, okay. 
I'm not really familiar with the Mountain Dew oeuvre. Like it's, it's, I'm not it's part constantly of my evolving. tasting. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know it's, it's something we, we've played with on the show a few times here before because they're constantly coming out with new and more horrifying flavors every every few months we could not shocked. have known we could not have known what we were involving ourselves <laughs> but we, we did they, just get which one did you grab spencer okay so just so you guys know i mean maybe we should kind of trade off and stuff but what i have today are two nitro pepsis which are pepsis that aren't carbonated they're nitrogenated which means they're flat i don't know and then i also have this hard mountain dew lemonade watermelon zero sugar um because the first like mountain dew we were going crazy for was major melon it was like an inside joke almost but then uh, we didn't have anything to do on the show, so we started just drinking soda and stuff. But what what did you bring? Did you talk about it already? Um, Me, the Mountain Dew. Yeah, did you? I mean, you I got- have. I haven't tried it. I had that. I also got the Pepsi Mango because that seemed insane to me. How was that a thing? Who thought of that? Those are the the oh, purchases yeah. I made. Yeah, which you you've you've tried all of these. I know, but I, no, no, it, I'm, new, I, it's I'm a good. novice. I like talking about food and I, I like hearing people talk about food. So I don't know if you want to start us off by just trying one and talking us through it a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll cover your kind of beverage. All right. <laughs> hear Let's the see this Mountain Dew. Yeah. Well, you need to hear it. I don't even know what's like, what am I looking at here? These are like lips and a raspberry. Oh, this is terrifying, but I like that. It, it's got citrus flavor and ginseng. I, okay. That seems strange. <laughs> Oh, that's ginseng like- I'm tasting, of course. Yes, absolutely. I had a it's, feeling it was ginseng. It's wonderful. It looks like the way a toilet bowl looks once it's been cleaned, which is nice because then it's not the dirty toilet. You know that that's got the the soap in it. You know, I'm or scared. He- <laughs> or Heisenberg's meth. You know, it kind of looks like that. Mm-hmm. But- yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. It's so artificial, it's hard to put to words a lot of time. It's like, well, what are these flavors? That's right. Well, I mean, you know, ginseng, obviously. That's just right the top <laughs> note right there. God. Sort of yeah, overpowers but- that fake grape flavor that I'm getting there. It is like that children's medicine, but it's a watered down children's medicine, which is nice. I feel like I'm going to sleep really well and have less congestion tonight. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, that sounds so much like it's so interesting. I recently drank uh, substitute blood created by Dr. Michael Morbius uh, from his dedicated IV bags. And that sounds exactly like uh, the same thing you're trying. So that's so interesting. That's wonderful. So can I like, if I start bleeding profusely, can I, can I start injecting this in? Will it like... Will it help? Well, no, I don't think so because those are two different things. It's not like I just put Mountain Dew Voltage into a Ziploc bag and pretended it was Michael Morbius's substitute blood. That would be insane. I just felt like maybe that was what Michael Morbius was doing and he just didn't want to tell you. I just, maybe you had like happened upon a great conspiracy that was taking place. You know, it's possible. This is, um, no, this is really terrible, but, (laughs) but in a way that like, if you mixed it with, rum and put on a bunch of like really bad 90s hip-hop i'd be like this is a great party like that's (laughs) yeah well you know mountain dew is uh dangerous with alcohol uh 
which yeah. is why when they made Mountain Dew hard Mountain Dew, they were like, okay, it's it's hard Mountain Dew, but it doesn't have sugar, it doesn't have caffeine, and it has five percent alcohol. It's like, well, is that Mountain Dew? Like, what is just what is that? That's just a label now, right? I was so mad I couldn't find that, but I want to hear how it is. <laughs> yeah, for I'm, sure. Like anxious to find out. What do you got, Kevin? Did you get one too? Yeah, I grabbed the watermelon one as well, so we can we can share this one together. All right, so I'll open it, but you you talk us through yours. You actually t- taste it first. How about? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I actually like uh, Voltage a fair amount. Um, it's it's one of my preferred dues, but they've come out with a bunch it's of new ones on lately. It's a, no, you don't have to like it. It's I'm sure it's horrible, but I just no no no. I mean, that. it's like legitimately growing on me. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it turns I'm- out that. Like consume all of this. Yeah, you know, caffeine and sugar, they are addictive. So interesting. Tell me more. (laughs) And you tell us more, Kevin. All right. So uh just to start this off, I'm not a drinker at all. I don't know. I have that gene where just like every alcoholic drink tastes like gasoline to me. Like I've never been able to get into drinking whatsoever. Is that a gene? I I, I don't know. Just people okay, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, No, I I mean is it a gene? I have no idea. I just, I, I, I talk about this in like 99.9% of the people around me just looked at me like I'm an alien, but every so often I meet somebody who goes, yeah, me too. I'm the same way. I just can't drink. This is terrible. I mean, like there, there's, <laughs> there's, there's some drinks that I can go, okay. Yeah. I could kind of like, if, if I was thirsty, I would drink this, this, no, this, this tastes like rubbing alcohol with watermelon added to it. I, right. Okay. So when I drank it, I was like, oh, right. It's alcoholic. I could taste alcohol. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. It's like, I hate <laughs> alcohol. And I don't know why I did not expect it to be in my mouth when I drank one. Um, but that was, yeah, I was like, oh, so, so any other thoughts, Kevin? I mean, there are some drinks like this that are really tolerable. This is not one of them. I don't think now, maybe just watermelon isn't a strong enough flavor to cover up the alcohol flavor, but no, so, this isn't something I would drink. Yeah, so if I were to talk through it, I would say that it does not taste to me very seltery. Like I don't I don't think I've had very many like flavored seltzers, but this to me mm-hmm. tastes more like it's supposed to be a soda. So more of like this kind of uh, carbonated body that's not intense and more kind of syrupiness to the liquid. So it kind of has this general sweetness, but at the same time I feel like there's no sugar so you get a little bit of you know fake sweetener but to me it's interesting the the watermelon it tastes like instead of artificial flavor that it tastes like there might actually be watermelon juice i don't think there is but that flavor it feels more natural than what you assume is this kind of syrupy candy watermelon which is very far removed from any real watermelon flavor i mean it reminds me of major melon a bit but not it doesn't but not so much that I would say that this is water. Like this is not major melons recipe. This is just a, a watermelony. Yeah. I don't know. But, but rubbing alcohol is right on the nose. There's a lot of ways alcohol can taste <laughs> and rubbing yes. alcohol is not what you want. You know, I drank the Smirnoff ices and parrot bays as a kid and stuff. And it's like, you know, the alcohol is there, but it does not taste like rubbing alcohol. And yeah, this tastes, it tastes poisoned. It tastes like someone took a weak soda and poisoned it is what it tastes like. I feel like that is the actual, like the, the person who is the nutritionist who creates these things. They were like forced to do so, but they wanted to let consumers know this is don't don't, but I have to, I have to put it out there, but I don't want you to actually do this to yourself. Yeah. If we put a rattlesnake on the thing, it'll be a some clue that it's poison. <laughs> exactly. Right. This is, we have to like Nick Cage movie, this sort of soda to understand the truth of it. 
<laughs> they're trying to get messages to us. <laughs> I can imagine another flavor of this tasting good, but yeah, but but it was. I guess it would still be this rubbing alcohol. It's the thing is, it's a sad miss. It's like this could have been truly great. Like this could have been cha- game changing, and instead, it's another. Um, do you want to do you want to go through another soda, or you soda it out? Like uh, it, you know, you got you brought a couple, right? Uh, I have Pepsi, Pepsi mango. mango sitting here, which I know I, this is like nothing for you all, but like to me, I'm not really a soda person in general. And like, this is the one that killed Jeff, flavor. right? Like, this is the one that like <laughs> Jeff nearly got a heart attack over. Well, Jeff has his own health. Is issues. that a, like a good or a bad kind of heart attack? I mean, we could. He we can't handle way. sugar and caffeine. He's he is a uh, he drinks a lot of alcohol, which is a, a depressant, and I think it's it's really not good for his heart to get soda necessarily. Uh, right. it, it's it, it has alarming reactions in his body uh unless he's just you know uh, taking him at his word it does uh but yeah the so uh, you sent me oh i got all these shitty sodas and i was like those are my favorites so, <laughs> so yeah no but mango pepsi i i'm i'm the most curious about what you think about this one by far i'm i'm like i'm so fascinated I'm and don't lie like it's it's fine it's you know it's fine you know i you don't need to like it i can exist in a world where we disagree on soda flavors i'm okay with it like i i'm, I'm only validated in that space. <laughs> i'm only validated by disagreement because the rest is fake <laughs> like if someone's like telling you you're wrong it's like at least that's earnest and otherwise everyone's just trying to manipulate me <laughs> I mean, I know for a fact, like I said, I'm not like, I'm not a soda person. So I'm starting from a completely different place here. You know, like sure. I wouldn't drink a regular Pepsi. So let alone Pepsi mango. Let's find out. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gave a self-conscious head shake that I found very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is weird. Yeah, it is very weird because you would expect it to be like a cherry Coke or something where it's mainly Pepsi and then a little bit of mango, but it's not, is it? But it's, it's almost like, oh, I didn't realize that Pepsi has always had a mango undertone to it. Like, that's like the feeling I'm like, I feel like basically like I'm being brainwashed about what a Pepsi is, honestly, like, like this is replacing my entire knowledge of Pepsi (laughs) with this one beverage. And this you, really you know, weird. it's weird. And I don't know if your bottle's different or they've changed the recipe, but when I looked it up, they contain a lot of mango juice in the actual ingredients. So it's flavored with real mango as opposed to, you know, artificial. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's artificial flavors, but it had like some juice in there. No, no, it's the third ingredient. It's, it's water, high fructose corn syrup and mango juice concentrate. Like insane, that's the third. Right? Yeah, absolutely insane maybe my favorite soda i've ever tasted like it's so weird that i might like it might be incredible or maybe i'll hate it but i think i'm veering towards like this is amazing i'm so happy and it's only tempered by she's trying to manipulate me she's only trying to appear agreeable on the show <laughs> but yeah like, no absolutely yeah. i i'm i'm obviously just trying to to steal i don't know what you have but i'm gonna steal it somehow your well, cat that's, the thing. that's what it's this is all so- about your cat it's so <laughs> insulting like my negativity i didn't realize how insulting it is to the other person to be like yeah you hate me right you're just trying to fuck it's like no that, i'm a normal person why would you accuse me of this stuff so <laughs> but, i'm sorry but continue no no it's fine um no i'm 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 still just sitting here like marveling at because it really like mango is i don't even like mango that much 
what is, it's what just is so happening? weird it's so weird i could never have imagined that it would be like this when i had mango pepsi actually it was the same thing my friend told me you got to try this it's really good and i'm like shut up you know and then i did because i just like novelty soda and then i was like what the fuck? this changes everything <laughs> this is fucking delicious yeah i'm like it's mad good. at this situation i didn't want to like this i liked it better when i was just like i got the weirdest most terrible sodas ever i was happier then i don't need right. this knowledge in my life God it's not comfortable it. no it's not it's not now what am i gonna have to do like go around in the world being like have you tried have you heard the good word the that's good the word thing. and then go pepsi like that's it's not, not i'm glad i didn't suggest you get it because i would have come off like a crazy person but but you could have this organic reaction it's brilliant um oh, i guess I, I guess we can move into ours kevin my uh, we, whole life well, <laughs> i'm so I'm sorry a, and I so it's terrible for you this one because I'm, I'm so intrigued now if they're all terrible or not so okay, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm holding oh. up the hard baja blast mountain dew which was the one i was really tempted by i, I want to see paper this, that's the best that's got to be the that's safest, what i want to see watermelon i thought was going to be the worst i want to see if this is yeah okay so i'm having like a great blast. time you guys <laughs> <laughs> and i guess it's the alcohol huh <laughs> no i've had like four instantly. sips i mean i, I, I am a lightweight but I mean that that is a lot better it's still though like i, I think the, the rubbing the problem alcohol. is that this is zero sugar and like the the artificial sweetener mixed with the alcohol just does not do nice things together you know it, it definitely tastes like baja blast this is something that if you like gave to me at a party i would slowly sip it you know where the watermelon one i would kind of like put down on a shelf somewhere and hope somebody didn't see me do it you know this one i would actually nurse for half an hour see would, this is the this is the talent you know this is this is what we have is just refined you know kevin has it too we all have you you have it but uh no i that's yeah i don't know that's the thing is like this is so it's it's more cider like right you know it's more like a cider than like a seltzer i think but it has this bitterness that like where you would expect you know this this really metallic like saccharin ish kind of artificial sweetener taste to it that just i i wish they hadn't done yeah you want to root for it um you know, you, you're not ahead. drinking hard mountain dew to lose weight you know <laughs> i'm spilling soda uh okay so apparently if you open a nitro pepsi it uh fucking sprays everywhere uh even though i didn't shake it or anything and it's been my fridge untouched for like three weeks or something so keep that in mind the thing about this nitro pepsi, uh, uh, pepsi mara is that it's nitrogenated which is that's that's why it exists is and i'm cleaning while i'm talking <laughs> that's why it exists is uh they it's like a gimmick and the gimmick is what if we use nitrogen instead of um instead of uh carbonation what would that do which is like you know i mean i know you gotta experiment and you know it's right. it's not good to let rest on your laurels but at the same time like why right why it's like a, if you made why my mouse pad pepsi like the way you make guinness you know it's it's, it's very much like a, a guinness pepsi which also a makes guinness it less pepsi. interesting like, like because it's like they're it, just copying oh, wow you know yeah wow. that's the idea it's it supposed to have a head like a beard yeah the guinness so. soda is also carbonate or beer's carbonated right guinness is carbonated as well right yeah but Guinness is also with nitrogen. So I, that's kind of the, the comparison. Wait, is there no carbonation in Guinness? Right. It's all this nitrogen. This is flat soda. So Mara, this is flat <laughs> soda that has a head. 
but the head isn't doing anything for you. Again, I don't know. I've had Guinness. I don't, I didn't clock it like as flat, but beer is, is carbonated, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And my this knowledge is flat. Of and that's bad. You don't want flat soda. No, yeah, that sounds unpleasant. I think, Spencer, you need a taller glass so that you can drink through the head. But that just gives you bubbles. Foam is different than carbonation. But, well, okay, so, uh, (laughs) and I, of course, am drinking from my um, old prospector's cup, the one cup I own in my apartment. (laughs) Uh, It's it's very adult. Why would you need more than one? Yeah, no, one is all you need. I moved into my roommate's apartment and she had everything and at first it was great and then she had more than everything and kept having more than everything and it's like well i thought i thought you know it was it was this was it and now it's like it was crowded when i moved in and now it's too crowded and it's all other people's stuff and it's like uh this is it's getting to be a problem but you know she has lots of cups it's great but i still like my prospector's cup it's important to me you anyway, need to have I your cup like i need everyone needs a their cup yeah no it's important that's the thing i don't like using her stuff she doesn't mind it but her stuff sucks um no offense callie but she has a big interest in seafoam and when she purchases new items she prioritizes seafoam seafoamliness over anything and it turns out that a lot of seafoam items don't work as good as items that are designed not to be seafoam but to function and so it, it's a uh-huh. it's a friction i have a lot with a lot of cooking devices and stuff it's like well if this was a real pan and not a seafoam pan i'm sure this would be great you know but it's like it sucks uh you know eh, but boy you can't beat the prices am i right folks roommates huh you have roommates Sounds very nicely coordinated i mean i have children that's like roommates they're very destructive <laughs> they they pass out just all over the place you know and constantly clean up after them and they eat all your food no matter how much you tell them not to yeah callie's great but uh the, the that's the one thing is it's it's hard to it's hard to win this war of stuff that we have going on but i have in my garage for reasons that we don't need to get into large boxes of tax the rich pint glasses would you like me to send you some so that you can you know just like fill up a cupboard with uh tax the rich pint glasses i just i i don't know it's just it's <laughs> i'm just a, trying to help there's I, no seafoam to be seen i i love seafoam it just doesn't it's no one like oxo isn't like we got to make a seafoam thing it's like no we're gonna make a good thing and make it white or black and those are your two options and it doesn't matter that it's seafoam so it's like it's it's not gonna end up in this house or you know it'll be my copy of the thing that i keep in uh my little hutch in my room because there's nowhere else to put fucking anything i'm sorry callie i shouldn't air my dirty laundry uh she does a show on this block so it's it's both kind of more okay and more fucked up that i'm doing it it's like because you know it's not that she's not a public person but it's like i am kind of ruining the mystique but we are out of time um do you have anything you want to talk about plug you know even though we're out of time you know if you if you want to take some time it's fine you know we're fine kevin can deal with it uh but yeah anything going on anything cool i there's nothing cool about me did we not establish that right from the start i thought that was like the 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 first thing we wanted to say no there's there's nothing (laughs) i want to plug at the moment but uh, you know i'm sure someday right you know follow sure, this space check out for the next in the podcast five, 10 years <laughs> sure great follow on twitter you know i don't know uh it's there's it's you got to follow the right people on twitter otherwise you don't know what the world's happening um that's but, true that's very true i want to really, plug taxing the rich go tax the rich that's that's my whole that's that's my deal that's my thing 
yeah for sure tax the rich uh, get involved uh you know do do what you can i don't know um i have a patreon let's not talk about it i do big dogs D on twitch on tuesday nights you can check out big dogs D, and also we should say this like literally every show but if you want to watch live on sunday nights at 5 30 pacific time you can watch us live at shrobhomevideo.com uh you can join the shrob home video discord if you want to get more updates and information get looped into that update cycle but yeah, there's people that listen to the podcast that uh, still are having a hard time finding it. So I, I, we should we should give this information out every episode. And I just am bad at the show. What about you, Kevin? What's coming up next? What's what's up? Uh, so if you're watching this live, what's coming up next uh, at 645 is the best channel 101 at 715 is a new episode of real life sci-fi. And then at 815 is Rob Schraub's the cyberpunk Megazones, a new episode of that tonight. So if you're watching this live, that's what's coming up. If you're listening to this on the podcast. Like Spencer said, check check us out at shrobhomevideo.com on Sundays. Or you can watch old episodes of this, not just listen, at thathappenspod.com. Awesome. And, you know, we always like to end the show in the exact same way, seeing the exact the same things. I am actually getting drunk. This sucks. I'm not going to be able to drive. Um, but as always, I am vengeance. Night, everybody. <laughs>